0: If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark 1, verse 9 to 13. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Immediately, the spirit drove him into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness 40 days and tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Once more, Father, we welcome you into this space. God, I don't want them to hear from me. What? I'm just Zion. I want them to hear from you. Their father. God, divide this message into a thousand pieces God make it particular to everyone who is listening God we're putting a demand on heaven we want to hear from you it's in Jesus name we pray everybody say amen Amen. and amen so we're continuing this hidden gem series and it's been incredible hasn't it oh my gosh it's been good first of all can we honor Pastor Jimmy and Irene for last week my goodness did that not bless your heart? Oh my goodness, how God is using them. Like in the local church, just for a lots and lots of pastors, like worldwide, it's incredible. It is truly incredible. But this mess series, it's kind of stepped on my toes just a little bit. But I serve a God who's a healer. So he's helping my toes and I hope he's helping you too. Now I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna make some of you judge me. Some of you are gonna judge me. The older saints going to be like, oh, bless her heart. <laughs> the younger saints going to be like, okay, that's a little different. Okay, when Pastor um, you and I, when we first got married, I just thought I was going to be it. Yeah, I thought I was going to be Columbia. I thought I was going to be about it, about it. So what happened was that like, uh, I would wake up probably around 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. And I did this for such a long time. I would go up. I would take the curlers out of my hair. I would brush my teeth. I would put eyeliner on. I mean, just everything. Sometimes even spray something. And I would settle back in bed. You hear me now? I would settle back in bed and just like. Just kind (laughs) of... Kind of nudge him a little bit. And I... Because I wanted when my husband... When he opened up his eyes... I wanted him to be like... Dang, girl. I wanted... I mean... Like, the pajamas were right. I mean, everything was right. I wanted to cater to him. I knew he had a stressful job, everybody. And it was my privilege... Come on. It was, let me teach you something. It was my privilege to make sure that my man was right. You hear me now? I told him, I said, Stephen, is it okay if I tell that story? He said, wait, you did that? I said, are you kidding me? Did I? Do you think I just woke up like this? No, I was waking up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. I do not want to be serving morning breath, everybody. The whole time I received the halitosis. Hey, baby, look. I love your eyes, Steven. let just close everything else. Isn't it amazing when we first get married or when we first enter that relationship, how we would give cheerfully? Like, it was our privilege to serve, right? Because we were so in love. And oh my gosh, I just love the way he makes me feel. And so we were serving smiles. We were serving meals, even. The compliments, grace. It was really easy to just give grace for things, right? Because we were so happy. We were just so grateful, we were just so honored just to be in that relationship, even to be in that friendship, like we were just so happy, right? And then now though, because that was then, this is now. Now you got the flannel pajamas everybody, your hair's all wrapped up, like you don't even brush your teeth until 12 o'clock in the afternoon. how life has just gotten so busy with everything driving the kids back and forth like between school and dance and then practices with work like all the emails that have to be sent out there's still emails right now and i just reminded you of them yes all of that that needs to happen the house renovations that thought you thought it was a good idea now you feel like you're living in a tornado like so much is happening relationships they require work they're hard they require intentionality right In the opening passage, Jesus just got baptized. So he just gets baptized. And then it says immediately he was sent to the wilderness. But something happens in between. Something huge. I don't want us to just skip over it. Because this is huge. This is major. It said that the heavens parted. That the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And this voice, this loud voice. This is my son. UBC. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was in a very epic way celebrated by God. And then he was driven into the wilderness. This tells me that our words are celebrating. It's not just a good thing. It's a lifeline for what's to come. I don't know all that he heard. Talk about Jesus. Now I don't know all that he heard in the wilderness. I do know the last thing he heard. This is my son. I am well pleased. This is my son. I am well pleased. I just happen to believe. I think it was in rotation in his head. This is my son. I am well pleased. I think Jesus has played it back and forth in his head. I think that hearing that, being reminded of that, I believe it gave him the strength that he needed to pull on the word and to actually defeat the enemy. Listen, I don't know what your loved ones are going to go through. I I know that there is a wilderness season that they're going to experience. I really do know that. Can we partner with God and be that voice that's repeated in their head? to give them strength. You know people go through a whole lot, right? They go through a whole lot. The Bible says in Proverbs eleven twenty one, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All right, Sunshine Anderson, like I've heard it all before. You've heard this verse before. How many of us have heard it before? Yeah, yeah. Heard it all before. Yeah, <laughs> death and life, they're in the power of the tongue. I know it. Do you know it? Zai, do I know it? Because some of us, by the words that we speak, it's more death than it is life. You enter the marriage, and I don't know if we can ever live there. I don't know if we can go to that school. I, don't, I just don't really know if, I don't know if I could ever just wait. I don't know if I could ever do this. I don't know if I, do you know we have the ability to speak life in our marriages? Let me say it again. Do you know we have the ability to speak life in our marriages? Maybe you're not married. This is the time that you should be taking inventory of the words you speak. What type of words do you speak? Like, think back. What type of words do you speak? Some of us are just negative, and we call it being real. Huh? No, we're negative, and we have no faith. Oh my goodness, okay. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. The assurance of things not seen. So when I'm speaking things that don't make sense, that don't line up to his word, that means I don't have faith. And I've been convicted of this. I'm like, okay, you're saying something. Zi, but do you have faith? Is this what God said? I don't know this is, well, okay, then find out. Is this what God said? Yes, this is what God said. So this promise is mine, yes? So I'm gonna speak it. God created the heavens by speaking. Please let's not move past this. He spoke. And he spoke life. We can speak. We can call things that are not as though they are. We have that ability to speak life. So today, we're going to be talking about celebrating our spouse. It's so funny. I was talking to a couple of um, guys on staff. I'm not going to put Sheldon or um, Darius up there, but I was—I um, said I'm not going to do that. I was talking, <laughs> I was talking like I'm going to preach about celebrating our spouse and they're like, "Ooh, celebrating our spouse? Oh, come and tell my wife she better come and sit front row and be celebrated." Yeah, talk that talk. I want to be celebrated. Hold on, that celebrating does include that. Wink, wink. Yeah. So it does include that, but I'm talking about more than that. I'm talking about the words that we speak. I'm talking about the attitudes that we have towards our spouse. I'm talking about the customs that we have. And before you think, oh my gosh, we're talking about celebrating words? What? This is positive thinking like foolishness. I don't care about that. Ask yourself, does God care? Does God care about celebrating? Columbia, come on. Do you think God cares about celebrating? Do you think he cares about our words? I'm reminded of, uh, you know, the parable about the prodigal son, right? Like he went to Vegas after he got his inheritance, (laughs) riotous living. It was wild. It was really wild. But he came to his senses and he said, I'm going to head back home, right? Do you remember? I can't imagine what he was thinking. Like, dang, I really messed up. I really screwed up. I can't imagine. You know, that's why some of you, you're still online. You're not afraid of COVID, But since this pandemic started, so much has happened, and you've been to this proverbial Vegas, and you've done so many things that you're ashamed of, so now you feel as if you can't step foot back in the house. You're afraid. You're ashamed. Do you know who your God is? Because we pick up the story in the parable, and it says this in Luke 15. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast. And everybody say this. And? And? and, Let's throw a party. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. Yes, it was bad what the son had done. But when he came to his senses, his dad saw that. And he went running towards him. And he says, not just like, hey, come on. Okay, I'm going to have a serious son. I don't know why I'm doing that face. I'm very sorry. It wasn't some serious conversation off break. No, it was a party. And he did it quickly. I think our PR on God is off. I think so many of us think that he's still that taskmaster. That when we mess up, it's just like whack. Like it's just, I'm going to take everything. I'm going to take all my blessings back. Like no, that's that's not our God. That's not our dad. When we come to our senses, when we humble ourselves, when we come to him. Hear me, he doesn't change his standards. He doesn't change his standards. He doesn't. But when we humble ourselves, when we come towards him, he comes celebrating us. I looked up that word. I'm like, what does that word celebrate? In Greek, it means euphrino. Do you know what that means? It means to celebrate. It means to rejoice. It means to take delight in. God wants us to celebrate. He wants us to celebrate our spouses, the people that we are in relationships with. You know, our strongest relationships, they have this generous culture of celebrating. They really do. Conversely, the relationships right now that are they're heavy on us, that are a little strained, they're weak in this. They're very, very weak in this. So I want us to get better. Myself included. I want us to get better with celebrating. This is heavy on God's heart. It's a light topic, and some of you are going to be like, it's not that important. It's not that deep. Perhaps, but perhaps sometimes it's the simple things that we overlook, isn't it? This message was hard for me because I was just convicted on so many different levels. Oh, my gosh. I said, oh, God, help me. He said, I want to. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking, God, help me, let me tell you, he wants to. Amen? Amen? So let's write this down. First thing is we can't live without it. We cannot live without it. I took the five love languages test. Anyone ever taken it before? Yeah. Yes? Okay. Sound it sounded on all the campuses. What's your love language? Gifts. Gifts. What's another one? Quality time. Affirmation. There's another one. I hate that one, but okay. They said access <laughs> service. Physical touch. Someone said physical touch. Okay, me, I am words of affirmation, and I love physical touch. Okay, but I also love standing around doing nothing with my husband. And, um, yes, and then also when he washes the dishes, not the bottles. When my husband washes the bottles. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Stephen Chandler even Ronnie Chandler. (laughs) All of it? (laughs) But when he makes the bet, oh! (laughs) My God, I said, you better. Uh, So I love them all. Now, my husband, he is acts of service and he's gifts. I hate those. You know why? Because you have to think about them. (laughs) Like, what gift am I going to get? Why do I have to think? I don't want to think. And, and he, what, he also likes um, acts of service. Now I have to think about how to, what, I don't want to do that. So I saw with him when he tested that he's not words of affirmation. So you know what I did? I stopped writing in his birthday cards. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> you see, I kid you not. So I'm like, okay, well, he's not words of affirmation. So I'm just not going to write in them. So I would literally buy the gift and out of formality, I'll get the card. I love you. And then that's it. Like, that's seriously it, because he's not words of affirmation, so I don't have to use my words, really. And I'm like, Stephen, he doesn't care about that stuff. Like, he's pretty cool. You know, you don't have to be insecure to need um, celebrating. You don't have to have tested words of affirmation to need celebrating. All you have to do is just be human. Living a purposeful life. Some of us are so caught up, like, well, I'm not really a words person, so you think yourself that you don't need it. Yes, you do. Jesus... He was Jesus, and he got celebrated. Why? He didn't need it. But this, again, just reminds me of just who our God is. He loves to give us more than we need. Jesus knew who he was. He didn't have to be celebrated, and he didn't have to be celebrated in such a grand way. Did you hear me? That the sky split open. He was Jesus. Did he need it? But he was still celebrated in that way. Again, some of us have it mixed up. It's like, I don't need that. Are you sure? Oh we can't live without this, everybody. We cannot live without it. Again, my husband is a pretty confident guy. He is. So I'm like, he doesn't need it. My kids, like they're young. I don't think they really need it. That saint is like pretty old, much older. I mean, they, they've lived life. I don't think they really need my words. Have you ever thought that? They really don't need it or they don't really value it, so I'm just not going to say anything. But honor and respect, they are mega needs when it comes for a man. That comes through words. Affection, security, those are mega needs for women. Again, a lot of that comes through words and our attitudes, right? The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 24, It says that pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Our words, y'all, life be life in. Oh my gosh. There's so many decisions to make. Business decisions, should I hire, should I fire this person? Life decisions, what school are my kids going to go to? Should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Like, what's going on? Have you ever made a decision and then wonder if that's the best one? Have you ever doubted yourself? What this word is saying, that our words, they're so sweet. They're healing to the soul. Some of us, like, we're, we're, we're great. We're making our decisions. We're thriving. We're going through life and all of that. Like, muscling it out. An encouraging word can go a long way. You have the ability to give that to those that you are in relationship with. You know, I have a friend that's always down for a good time. I mean, they are all, like, they're, it's like literally, hey, where a party at? Girls, is on the way. Okay, hold on, wait. Uh, not the Bacardi, but the Martinelli. Yet. The Saints know about the Martinelli. I mean, they're always, they're just so, they're just so life-giving. So when I'm having a bad day, almost immediately, that's the person to call. You know, you have those people where they're just fun. You know, they're just, they're just great. They're just, you could be mad It's all get up, but as soon as you call them, five minutes later, you're rolling and you're wondering, I hope no one ever records this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just great. And for some of you, like, I don't have that. That's why you need to be a part of a group why do you keep talking about me but this friend is just completely life-giving I just they're they're great they're great they just make me forget about everything and you know I'm like I don't know about this I'm like but no but you're so smart or you're this and you're that and they're that just so encouraging I love it I realized I'm that person too to a lot of different people but oftentimes not with my spouse Or not with those that I uh, that are in my um, family. A lot of us we give our best to so many other people. I I said this earlier that this message was hard. I had to truly repent. I am such a happy person. I really am. Like I I I just I love people. I love life. I I really am. And when I'm talking to someone, just so much energy, so much life, all of this, and really encouraging, I realize, hey, you're not like that sometimes to your spouse. And that's the most precious relationship, right? So I said, Stephen, I'm sorry. This is a while ago. I said, I, 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 I need to get better with this. Because I'm such a fun person. I think sometimes you get more of the serious side instead of the fun, happy. I think some of us, we probably got to repent too to those closest to us. (laughs) You're welcome. The Bible says in Psalm 22, verse 3, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Another version says inhabits, meaning he dwells. God is everywhere, right? He's omnipresent. Everyone say amen. Um, he's everywhere. That's who he is. However, this verse talks about he's enthroned, like he, that he dwells, he inhabits the praises, meaning he sits there. He's attracted to it. So where his name is being lifted up, where he is praised, he is attracted to it and he sits there. You know we're made in the image of God, right? So where we are praised, where we are kind of lifted up, we are attracted to those areas and we sit there some of us our relationships we have our spouses and all of that stuff and they just love being at work why because they're praised a lot more at work than they are at home at work they're the man at work they're smart they're decisive they're all these different things so they're there some of us it's school school like oh gosh you're so smart oh my goodness all the different extracurricular activities keep coming all these different things because they they're praised there they're not really sometimes it's hard to articulate it but we gravitate towards the areas where people think that we're great for you moms sometimes you're specifically gravitating towards your kids because they think that you hung the moon And they say, thank you about everything. So you're gravitating towards that. So dads, spouses, let's make attractive places for our spouses to want to stay in. Someone's like, he ain't never home. Why would he be? I know that's harsh. I'm sorry. Let's be nicer. Ah, okay. I can't be. Listen. (laughs) Listen. With our words we can create these great environments we can be life-giving we can be life-giving we can be life-giving and the more we're life-giving the more we're honoring the more we're using our words to just praise the people that are in them they want to stay there they're attracted to that so we all need it the second thing is enough is never enough Enough is never enough. The other day, Roman, he cleaned up after himself, and it was so funny. It was so cute. So, Roman, he's our three-year-old, right? And so, you see this is what happened. He had, like, a big bowl of cereal, and he was just walking. He came, he cleared up the table, and so he was walking like this with the bowl, just very carefully, and then he goes to the sink, and then he carefully, like, literally, methodically spills it into the sink And I was just watching him and I said, and he turned around, I said, Roman, he said, what? And I said, babe, I love how you did that. He said, what? I said, I love how you carefully walked over to this thing. You didn't run over to it, but I love how you walked closely and walked carefully there. And I love how you poured it slowly. You could have just dumped it and it would have gotten everywhere, but you're so smart, God made you so smart. You're a thinker. I love the way you think, Roman. And my son, he has my height, so he's a little short right now. (laughs) But my little three-year-old literally grew about three inches right in front of my eyes. He's like, yes, mom, I am smart. I said, you are smart. He said, you like the way I think, huh? I said, I love the way you think, Roman. I just love it. The Bible says in First Thessalonians 5:11, "So encourage each other and build each other just as you are already doing." Another version says to edify one another. to restore, to build. That's the word. that's what building. Building it takes intentionality. Edifying it means to truly, literally build. To build, to restore as if building, to establish. This takes intentionality. It takes consistency to be able to build each other up, to be able to edify each other up. Enough is never enough. Some of us are like, I'm, I am encouraging. You can be more encouraging, it's not enough. It takes intentionality to continue to actually encourage one another. In the text, we have Jesus being baptized, and I love how it said immediately. It was immediately that the voice came. It wasn't a day later. It wasn't hours later. It was immediately that the voice came. Timing is everything, everybody. So be the first one. After something, just be the first one. Be the first one to say, oh my goodness, that was amazing. Timing is everything. Sometimes we just wait. I don't know what the right words to say You don't have to know the right words, but you can at least make a gesture After a win after a failure be the first I remember my um, first track meet in high school I was starting at the 11th grade and some people they started in, um when they were 11 years old Like Union Athletics, we started six years old everybody yeah. Shout out <laughs> But I was starting 11th grade, and I was a cheerleader before. And so I'm like, am I really about to start running track, like now, so late in the game? Like, I was just so nervous. Oh, my goodness. Like, can I really do this? I remember that first check meet as if it was yesterday. His name was Coach Corey. Coach Corey, when I finished, I didn't win that race. Notice I said that race. But I think I encouraged myself. But um, I didn't win that race. But the way my coach celebrated me, it was like Zay, you're a runner. Zay, you're a runner. Oh my gosh, you just killed that. Oh my gosh. I'm like, but I didn't. He's like, stop. Did you see your form? Like you were going after it. I saw. I saw it. Oh my. I'm so proud of you. He encouraged me so much. I swear, I got taller. My leg, like my, my my muscles came. And I'm like, yes, I am. I started walking like I was just the stuff, the word. I have issues. His words meant so much to me. Some of you, you don't know how much your words mean to people around you. Jesus heard, you're my son, I'm well pleased. So when you celebrate them, celebrate their identity. Who are they in Christ? Christ. Now, who are they acting like? Who are they in Christ? You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my husband. Stephen, you're such a good man. I tell him that all the time. Stephen, you're just such a good man. It's like, tell your wife, hey, you're a boss. Like, I see how you're at work and then you come home, you make a dinner, you're doing all these different things. I just value celebrate who they are in Christ. Celebrate their actions when they do something great, like I saw how you were kind to your brother. I saw how you, you look good, girl. Celebrate who they are. These affirming statements, they don't just create joy, but they create confidence. They create confidence. And this confidence, like it creates a safe place to have real conversations. My coach... Because he had just deposited so much inside of me. What happened when he then corrected me? Like, hey, you should have finished it out a little bit longer. You got a little too confident. That's why you kind of relaxed. I was able to receive it because he had just deposited so much inside of me. Some of us, we want to have all these real conversations with our spouses, with our teenagers, with our family members, all these different things. But we don't have much in the bank account. And these conversations, they have massive withdrawals. You can't just start talking about the budget. Yeah, I need $700 for this new weave. You can't be doing all of that because you're, what do you mean you need this? $700? Yeah. I'm just telling you all my business, right? (laughs) You can't have these conversations because they have so much. They take so much out of us. So that's why uh, before, we just want to deposit. We want to add to that. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, and I love this, um, this version. I hate it at first, you know, for I know the plans that I have for you. This version says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Yeah, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. For I know the thoughts that I think to you. How, how do we know the thoughts that God has for us? He tells us, and it's right here. How does your spouse know when you're not really vocal? they don't know they don't know and you know who's going to tell them the enemy and he will tell them see there you go like you're just not a church person you're just not this you're just not that and they're going to believe it so I know some of us are really great at this but enough is not enough We should celebrate intentionally, again, with our words, but also with our attitudes and with our customs. Amen? Amen. And this is not the third reminder that you need to go to Kabul. I'm not talking about you need to celebrate in that regard. You can go to a park. You can do a lot of different things, but you can get creative. Amen? The last thing is, don't forget you are celebrated. Don't forget you are celebrated. There are these dream pantries. Have you seen them? They're like everywhere on social media and everything like that. They have everything labeled and you have all the cereal is like poured out, like all the glass jars, the spices are lined up. I mean, everything is just so organized. Like the storage is just so incredible. It's impeccable. That's not what mine looks like. (laughs) It's not what mine looks like. Mine is, let's not talk about mine. But the thought, the idea of spending time to organize and to store all of that properly, it makes me want to vomit. What? Why would you even ask me to do that? I don't like that type of stuff. I am organized, though, by what I remember. And the treasury of Zai Chandler's heart... Everything is lined up, specifically all the things that Mr. Stephen Rodney Chandler has done wrong. You don't hear me though. I remember, I could remember everything terrible that my husband would do. He's a good man, yeah, but he, I, earlier on in our marriage, it's just like, okay, okay. I changed my hair and he didn't say, you look beautiful. This is getting shelved up in aisle three. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he took a little business trip and he did not send me flowers. He forgot about me. Okay. This is going to aisle 7. Okay. Okay, he went to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and he got a peach milkshake. And he had the nerve to not get two. And when I asked for him, asked for some, he said no. This is going in aisle 302. That aisle is really full. Like that's the selfish aisle. I would store everything. The Bible says in Luke six forty five, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Hear me. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Earlier on in our marriage, I didn't have a lot of nice things to say because what I was storing in my heart was just bad things. I was like, it was magnified. Everything that he did was just magnified. And so that's what I stored. Never mind all the incredible, generous things that he would do. I just wouldn't, I'll forget that. It's only the bad things that I would just store, that I would just keep. I think a lot of us, we have storage issues. It's not that our spouse isn't great. It's that we're not storing them. It's only the bad things that we're collecting. We're hoarders. Of all the bad, all the terrible things. And remember, the enemy, he's the father of lies. So he will remind you of all the bad things that they're doing. But they're doing some really good things. But we don't remember. So here's a question. What's in your heart? What's in your heart about your spouse? Can I take another question? What's in your heart about God? What do you have stored up? Is it all the disappointments? All the times he lets you down? I dare say that he's done a lot of incredible things. You've just forgotten about it. And like a hoarder, sometimes you have some really good things, but because it's just full of all the bad things that you won't throw away, you can't even see the good anymore. Some of us are like, uh, no, um, my spouse hasn't really done, hasn't really said anything good. My shelves are pretty bare. Listen, even if they're great at this, like celebrating you. At some point, your spouse, your child, your friend, whoever, they will let you down. (laughs) We're human. We will let you down. And if your happiness is dependent on your spouse getting this right, or always keeping your shelves full of good things. Listen to me closely, you'll never be happy. Yeah. Some of us were waiting for our spouse to be more affectionate, for them to be a little bit more decisive with our words before with their words before we're happy. Like if they can just get this part right, then I'll be fine. The Bible says this in Philippians 4:11. It says, "I am not saying this talking about giving because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Right now, if you feel as if God is doing a whole lot of things that are good, or if you feel as if God is doing a lot of things that are not good, it says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. Can we all read this with me, please? Verse 13, I can do all this through him who gives me. Through who who gives you strength? Through him who gives you strength. Keywords here learned. Other keywords, he gives you strength, not your spouse. You know, despite our circumstances, God's standard to give, it doesn't change. Despite whatever our shelves are, he still called us to give. He still says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Like his standard doesn't change. You know, it's so funny. Jesus, he, sells out, he sends out the 12 to do, disciples to do some really great things. Like some really crazy big things. It says this in Matthew ten eight, 8. It says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's a lot of really crazy big things. Almost seemingly impossible things. How can we do this? But the verse continues and says, freely you have received, freely give. They're able to do these impossible, seemingly huge things because they have received freely. That's how they can give freely. We can celebrate others when we know we are being celebrated. We can give to others when we know that we are being given to. God is giving to us. Always. 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 One of my absolute favorite verses. Found Zephaniah 317. This is going to bless them when I pray it does. God let it bless them. It says for the Lord your God. Is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you. With joyful songs. Sometimes. I'm hard on myself. I have such high expectations of myself. A lot of us we have such high expectations of ourselves. And sometimes it's just it's hard for me to hear that and I'm like god what am I listening to? Okay. And I think like there is this radio station that's playing and it's Zephaniah 3:17. So I'm like, you're listening to the wrong song. Change the station. And so I'll change the station and I'm like, oh, and I really hear Zai, you're amazing. Zai, you're amazing. And like, I just literally hear God rejoicing over me. And it just fills me up so much. This is now before, for example, my husband, he took me on our very, um, on like the very best first date. I don't know what your first date was, but mine was better. We went to Philly, and it was just absolutely incredible. Um, It was a carriage ride. Um, It was ice skating. It was was cookies, and I love cookies, warm cookies. And at the end of it, he took me to this park, and he was like, Zai, I love you. And when he tells a story, he says, I said, thank you. Okay, and I said thank you, not because I'm rude. And not because I wanted him wrapped around my finger. Okay, maybe a little bit. That was like 10% of it. But I froze because I didn't really know how to receive it. A lot of us, we don't know how to receive love. We don't know how to receive affection. But yet we crave it. Yet we pray for it. And then when it's right in front of us, we don't know how to receive it. Because of my background, I didn't know what it looked like for someone to just love me. But yet I really, really wanted it. I really, really, really needed it. Some of you, you don't know how to receive the affection in your relationship. And it seems that whatever your spouse does is just not enough. The deficit that you have, is so massive. Even if they would tell you how beautiful you are, how strong you are every single day, it won't be able to fill it because that is only going to be filled with God. Listen, in the beginning, it was the sky split open. The voice came from heaven, but whose voice was it? It wasn't Mary's. It wasn't Joseph. It wasn't a disciple. It wasn't some rabbi. It was the voice of his father. It was God saying, "You are my son. I am well pleased." For some of us the voices around us they're good, they're 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 great. We need that. However, the most important voice to hear is the voice of God. It's the voice of God. That craving, that wanting that you feel, it can only be filled with God. And right now I just believe that God is saying, "You are my son. You are my daughter." I am well pleased. I have not forgotten about you. I know you by name. I know you by name. I have seen every tear. I have seen everything that you have done. I have not forgotten about you. You are my son. You are my daughter. I am well pleased. You're doing better than you think you are. Stop being so hard on yourself. Stop being so hard on yourself. I am with you. God, church, please hear it for yourself right now not from me in my impassioned speech but here in Baltimore from the Lord your God you're my child I am well pleased with you you're doing better than you think you are I love you with an everlasting love Has anybody receive that today? Come on, does anybody receive that today? At all campuses, can we just clap? Can we just celebrate them? You can bow your heads. Let's pray. Father, we receive your love. We receive your affection. Thank you for speaking to us. Now, right where you are with all heads bowed, can you? Can you pray? Say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Allow him to speak to you. Allow him to make this message personal for you. Columbia, he's there, he's speaking. BWI, he's here, he's speaking. Flowers, online, UBC, he's speaking. And we're his sheep, we hear his voice. For some of you right now, you just feel like you're so far gone. You just feel like you're just maybe unlovable. Maybe by the things you've done. Maybe you're just feeling disappointed. I don't know. But right now, you hear the voice of God saying, I want you. Saying, I see you. Saying, I care for you. Right now, he's saying, I sent my son to die on the cross for you. So that you can have a relationship with me. I want you. It doesn't matter what you've done. I want you. It doesn't matter all the disappointments has happened. I want you. He's saying, I want you. I want a relationship with you. Will you allow me to be your father? Will you allow me to speak to you? Right now, all campuses, God is saying, I want you. He's saying, I love you. I send my son to die on the cross for you. Will you allow me to just put my arms around you? And if that's you, just wanting a relationship with God, wanting to even renew your relationship with God, it'll be my absolute pleasure, my delight to pray with you. I'm not going to have you stand up or nothing like that. No, right where you are with all heads bowed and eyes closed. If you can just repeat this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. God, I ask that you step into my life. Lead me and I will follow you. And God, thank you for what's next. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap?